0: Good evening, and welcome to another uh, Unstoppable Overcomer moment. Uh, I was, I am trying not to laugh as I listen to you. Catherine just showed me a, a cute story before, well, not cute for, for her, <laughs> but she told me a story about what she's been enduring the last couple of weeks, and I feel really bad for her. But uh, with that, we just like to welcome you back uh, to another Monday night. And um Tonight we're going to be talking about Catherine's story, how she never, she gives, never up. gives up. Uh, you know, you can fall down, but you make sure you get back up. With that, I would normally do a, an introduction, but who better to introduce yourself than Catherine? So Catherine, welcome to the show
1: thank you so much dorothy um, i'm blessed to be here it's been wonderful to meet you to connect with you um, and to share my story um, my name is Catherine leisure i'm the ceo and founder of cl executive solutions uh, we're an online business management firm that helps small business owners um, with the pitfalls of their business because um, as we if we're honest with ourselves we're not all great at everything so uh, we help in some of the areas that maybe you either don't have time to do it, don't want to do it, or don't really necessarily have the knowledge to facilitate it um, for your business. So we're definitely there. Um, and uh, on the side, um, I volunteer for our Warm the Heart, which is helping the greater Toronto area of the homeless community. So that's me in a nutshell.
0: That is an awesome. I, I forgot all about the, that, that was um, part of homeless actually we talked about that sorry a uh, lot's gone on in the last couple of weeks since I've talked to you last. so I'm trying to remember all our conversation but yeah that's amazing um that, that's right that uh, that's what I want to do something similar to that here at Windsor and eventually globally you know I think we should definitely end homelessness globally all of us put together I'm sure it can happen um you know the more hands together the better Um, but tell us more about your overcoming story, because I know you have one heck of an overcoming story.
1: Oh, gosh. Um, what part of my life haven't I had to overcome something? Um, you know, going back, you know, uh, you know, to my childhood, I was only six years old when we discovered I needed to wear glasses. And... I was in gymnastics and my coach thought she's going to fall off the beam because she has no death perception but guess what i didn't fall off um just overcame it you just compensate you learn um same when i was running track and field you know in grade five and six how was i able to do hurdles i just had to remember to lift my back foot a little higher you know to make it over and not trip and fall on my face and um i you know, I got teased a lot about being enriched or gifted, you know, and everything from my peers. So I would be pulled out. They thought for extra help because I was slacking, but in actual fact, it was, I was published at the age of 12 in a Canadian young writer's poetry book um, because I was miles ahead of my peers in grade six. So um you know, grade seven for me, that awkward stage, um, I was in modeling and everybody, you know, kind of, I was tall, lanky, you know, and everybody thought, you know, I was really snotty, but in actual fact, I really wasn't, you know, I, I was just trying to fit in. And then I realized that there are just some people you just don't fit in with and it's better to stand out and, uh, and be yourself. And my mom, God rest her soul, she always told me that as long as I could look at myself in the mirror and tell myself that I did my best, then that was good enough for her. As long as I was true to myself, that that was, that was what was good. So, um, I overcame lots of things. Um, I've overcome, um, gosh, (laughs) um, I, I guess like even, even after high school, um, you know, well, I was 14 when I got my first job and that's because I was trying to overcome poverty. Um, my parents didn't have a lot of money. And if I wanted to go on a school trip, or if I wanted, you know, to go skating with my friends, um as long as my tours, of course, were finished, still, you know then, um so I started working at Eaton, so now that's gonna date me a lot. Um, so, <laughs> um, down with their little hub restaurant. so, um, but i was I was always responsible that way. Um, and uh, some of us have overcome different things like my childhood was not easy you know i we had a lot of you know family issues and uh i was dealing with everything from a stepfather that nothing i ever did was good enough um to you know my mother who drank too much so it was not a a happy situation a happy household um so i overcame the odds by moving out at the age of 17, not dropping out of school, wow. so that I could get my education, still keep my part time job to support myself, and uh, manage to get my grades back up because they'd faltered from the 90s down to like 60s. And that's when I was hauled into the guidance counselor's office going, All right, spill it. Like, what is going on with you? You know? Right. And I managed to pull my grades back up in only two and a half months before the end of the year. Um, but so, I mean, it wasn't easy. Um, you know, I think very supportive friends that understood, you know, where I was going. Um, a very supportive maternal grandmother that I was very close to that understood why I left and why I had to do what I did and, um, just having her support, um, just meant so much to me. I was always very close to her and, um, so yeah, but, um, From there, um, I did something silly. Not that I'd ever recommend marrying somebody right out of high school. Don't do it, kids. Um, (laughs) Especially if you're complete opposites. (laughs) I know that whole thing, opposites attract. Yes, they do. Um, and the one and only area that we weren't opposite in, I can't say on public, that was gangbusters, but um, but the rest of it, not so much. Um, and, uh, but the very hardest thing that I still have a hard time even talking about as far as overcoming, and I know that there are others out there that have done it, that have had it happen to them. Um, you know, I, I lost my mom when I was very young and i know that there are some out here that are in the same kind of position where you feel lost and for me you know losing her when she was she was only 41 years old i'm now 48 so i've now lived on this earth for seven more years than what my mother did and when we found out she had cancer and i know there's so many people that are dealing with different types of cancer in their lives people they know and love maybe themselves are dealing with it Um, it's hard to to watch somebody you know go through chemo and radiation and she did all that Um, but she only lasted six weeks and she she went into a coma the morning of my birthday my 21st birthday wow and she passed the next day and so it's hard for me to even celebrate my birthday, I'll be honest, because um, this comes flooding back of, you know, the just, you know, losing her.
0: Right. And sorry for your loss. I mean, that at, at 21, you know, just tur- just turning that age and then losing your mom. Um, three weeks ago yes tomorrow my dad we lost my dad due to cancer and uh like you said th- watching them in their last stages is horrific um he had his last immune therapy treatment a week week and a little bit before he died so yeah i mean going to re- chemo radiation um it, it I even forgot about that part of your story till just now. And then what you're telling me, it's like, I'm getting chills <laughs> because um, you know, it's, it's like when somebody in your family has cancer, it's like you're, I call them cancer families because you know what it's like, you know, other people in the waiting room waiting for their loved ones and you're sharing stories. And it's kind of like a camaraderie because, you know, you know what it's like to see your mom go through that or my dad go through that or there are other people's spouses in the waiting room and to me it's just if you have somebody there with you and you know you're sharing stories it's like um it's like it's like you're one bi- g- giant bang family and uh so
1: it's you know. the cc it's the cancer community um, cancer,
0: there we go you know. um
1: and what was horrible for me was because i was married young i then had kids young and so here i am at 21 With a two-year-old and a three-month-old definitely still needing my mother um so i was very thankful that at least um my mother-in-law um you know stepped in and, and really helped my maternal grandmother who had of course just lost her only daughter her only child um we had always been close so we became even closer um i said that we called it the 19 curse my mom was 19 when she had me I was 19 exactly two months before I turned 20 when I had mine. And my youngest daughter also made me a grandmother and she was only 19. Um, and my grandmother was also very young, um, I think like early, early, like but 21. So here I am at 21 and here she's only, my grandma's only in her early 60s, you know, kind of things. So here she was a great grandma, but still very young enough to still really participate. And for that, I was, you know, obviously very thankful. Um, but, um, I also decided, um, since I had caught the entrepreneurial bug when I was pregnant with my second one, um, and, uh, you're going to laugh. I don't know if anybody remembers undercover wear, um, having home lingerie parties in your living room. And my ex-husband was my roadie cause I couldn't lift anything. Cause I was a here, and, um, and I would do these presentations and I grew my team and I thought, you know what? I really have a head for business. So this is what I want to do. So I had actually left high school three credits shy and, um, the, well, yeah, I was three credits shy. And so I went back to school, got my three credits. And then when you've got two kids though, you're thinking, oh my God, daycare bills for a three year program. (laughs) Like that's costly. So, I decided to accelerate my education by um, taking my business administration and accounting diploma through Toronto School of Business, which nowadays that would be like Trios, um, Trillium, you know, kind of college. So, um, so I did my three-year college diploma in ten and a half months. Wow. So, well, for ten and a half months, Dorothy, you have no life. You are in class. Everybody that goes to college now and they've got spares and they've got, you know, early days off and they've got their weekends free to party. Nah. Mm. Not when you're doing that. It was 8 a.m. to six PM, Monday to Friday, no spares. And evenings and weekends were all about homework and projects. I didn't see my friends or family um, for those 10 and a half months. Um, but I mean, I finished with a 94 overall, so a 4.0 GPA, and um, immediately you know, went into uh, my field, which I was actually recruited, um, and this was cool, uh, by International Clothiers, one of the biggest clothing conglomerates in North America. And they said, you've got retail experience and now you've got this business experience. And I actually had a double minor in marketing and HR. So they were like, we need you in one of our stores and make it produce. Um, But as I'm sure a lot of the other listeners have seen or heard or experienced, um, daycare issues when you're working retail, like it's an issue evenings and weekends to find care and my ex-husband worked three on three off like 12 hour rotating shifts so he wasn't always there so i decided since i had really been enjoying myself volunteering for both girl guides of canada and scouts canada so i was a brownie and girl Gu- uh, sparks leader and i was a cub leader with a friend of mine and i thought you know what something that had occurred back in high school I mean, and now the kids have to do service hours. I had taken a co-op optionally, you know, and I did speech pathology and behavioral management and was coached with one of the best for Durham Board of Ed. And I thought, you know what? I love working with kids and I've got a head for business. I'm going to solve everybody else's daycare woes and I'm going to open up my own daycare. Um, And that's how um, at the time it was called Campbell Kids Daycare because my last name was Campbell, like the soup. Um, standing it. joke. Standing joke. When I got married, was my stepfather's last name was Perrier, like the water. And then I got married, and it was Campbell Soup. So I went from Perrier water to Campbell soup. So, um, so I hadn't found yet my Winnie the Pooh obsession. So you know everything was decorated in Campbell kids, um, and uh, quit my job and started building my business and i was able to overcome the statistics which of course first of all a lot of businesses fail in your first five years Mm -hmm. secondly if you do hang on you can't scale you don't know how you don't know how to market yourself you don't know how to align yourself with other agencies um to help facilitate your your business growing Uh, well i beat those odds um i ended up moving my daycare from the South end of Oshawa to the North end of Oshawa and actually kept a few of my clients. They didn't care. They had to drive, um, further away. And and then I ended up growing the business so much. So, so that even when my ex-husband and I, um, broke it off after 11 years of marriage, 13 years together, um, I bought him out of the house (laughs) Uh and, um, I ended up, keeping that house, but buying another one that was bigger and rented that one. And I had my bigger house then to have a bigger daycare. Cause I was big and I already had a full-time staff working with me that was running school, you know, school runs and stuff to other surrounding schools. And so I purchased my house, um, another, a second one in Oshawa and um, built it up into a six figure income. And I had my business for almost 14 years. Wow. So, um, so I overcame quite a bit, including, you know, that old song, you know, I fought the law, you know, and yep. <laughs> well, one of the things, one of the challenges about living in Oshawa is their municipal bylaw enforcement. <laughs> Honestly, pain in my rear. Okay. So they were always infringing on my numbers. They would knock on the door and go, You're over your limit, you're over your limit according to the city of Oshawa. Well, I ended up finding out that i was allowed to have five children that were under the age of five but it didn't matter how many i had that were 10 years of age and over according to ontario provincial law so i fought the city of oshawa and i won Uh so yeah so i was just like you can't tell me what to do you're the city this is the province (laughs) like they're the ones that are dictating down to you not the other way around so um so just I encourage people, it's like, if you're opening a business, take a look at the laws, like, because they actually had a law of only five kids on the property, and they didn't care how old they were. And I was like, no, 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 that's not it, you know. Um, but um, eventually, you know, they they just start hounding you, and it's all about, you know, well, you got to change the windows, and it's fire codes, and it's everything else, and they just start riding you. But it was the big fall, economic fall. A lot of people know the name General Motors of Canada. Like, who doesn't? you got to be under a rock to not know that company. Exactly. It was founded in Oshawa, Ontario. For the years, we were the city that motivates Canada, you know? Um, It's sad. I'm glad they changed that off the billboard. Um, So when they pulled out, it didn't just affect feeder companies like A.G. Simpson, their bumpers and Lear seating for the seats and seatbelts. It affected companies like mine because if people lose their jobs, they don't need you to watch their kids. So suddenly I found myself going from that six figure income to suddenly having to close my doors because could not keep us afloat. And I thought, okay, it's time for a change. Um, This has been a great run, you know, 13 and a half years. And now let's move on to something else. So, what do I turn around and do? That I decide to help other people manage their companies. And I walked into one that I knew nothing about welding, Dorothy welding, pipe welding, and wow. that. Uh-huh. Welding. Did I know anything at all about pipe welding? No, couldn't tell you that it just means stainless steel to carbon. Um, you know, I, I didn't. But to me, I just looked at it like, okay we have supplies right we have trucks we've got mileage logs we need we've got ap hr payroll you know what i mean on um, marketing advertising social media it doesn't matter what the product or the service is. give it to me and i can market it and i can do the all the back end you know admin for it and when that went south because it is a very rough industry and some of the people are very rough in it um i made the decision to leave Um, I said, I have a clean criminal record. I wanted to keep it that way. And if I would have stayed, it would have been tarnished. So I left and I want to talk about the difference between a job and a career. Because I know many have found themselves going, I hate my job. You know what I mean? And there's a lot of um, mental health issues that come with doing something you absolutely despise. Mm -hmm. And so after two years of being stuck in a call center, dialing out for CAA insurance, I walked into my doctor's office and I've always been a very positive, upbeat person, you know, with a smile on my face. And I said, I'm ready to jump in front of a bus. And my doctor was like, okay, there's a definite problem, you know, but I'd had a career I loved And now here I am stuck with this headset on, dialing out, going, hi, you know, kind of thing. And anybody that's done, you know, phone work, they can totally relate to that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's depressing. It's depressing. So it took a lot for me to. um, And of course, the other big thing, too, and this is what a lot of people I know can relate to, Dorothy. I used to make six figures. And my house and my bills and everything were paid and reflected that. But as soon as you go from making that much money to $12 an hour, something's got to give. We have a problem. We have a problem, you know? (laughs) And it's like, Houston? Yep, we have a problem. So um, we ended up getting financially really behind the eight ball, you know, because I mean, just because my income changed, didn't mean our bills did on the house and everything else. And we ended up doing a consolidated proposal and a very generous one and selling the house and walking away. And so I can really relate to people that have lost, you know, things like that material, things that they've striven for, they've worked for blood, sweat, and tears of mine went into renovating that house. I renovated the bathroom, you know, and the basement, um, right. you know, it's, um, You know and i had a hot tub like we had it nice you know like it was it was fantastic and to have to walk away from that was a huge blow to me mentally emotionally and um it it, it was rough going from living in oshawa in this lovely three-bedroom bungalow to moving to scarborough renting an apartment and um, not knowing anybody except my new in-laws, you know, kind of thing. Cause I did, I did remarry. Right. And, um, and even then you talk about overcoming blending your family. Oh my jeepers. You know, like I know a lot of people are going to go, <laughs> oh, wow, you know, how the world manage that? Well, there was lots in between that I skipped over, but I, I can say that, you know, after I kicked out my ex-husband, to give you a brief synopsis because I know there's a lot of women out there that want to do it, that you're not happy, that you feel like you're living the life of a single person because I was making all the decisions, I was running the house, I was running my kids, you know, and my business without really any help from him. And when I felt completely alone, I thought, well, geez, I might as well be alone. Maybe I'll be happier. Maybe I'll find somebody else then eventually when I'm ready for that, that will, you know, share my life with me the way that I need and want it to be and i did something because i i'm not just one to point the finger it's all his fault no it wasn't it wasn't all his fault you know um and i thought about it going yeah i was a little bossy yeah i wore the pants you know yeah you know um and then i realized going, well if all you get is an i don't know and a shrug of the shoulders whenever you ask you eventually stop asking right so but i thought maybe i was just too much in control of the relationship so what do i turn around and do but i swing like a pendulum And I get with someone for two and a half years that was completely overtook me as a person, as a woman. um, I was manipulated with respect to being mentally, emotionally, financially for thousands of dollars and finally physically abused. And. To find yourself in that kind of position and in your own home, you know, and your own kids are watching it's scary and you know it took me being shaken until i literally peed on the floor to wake me up and go you need to get the hell out you know of this yep. and now i am a christian but i'm not catholic but i did find out about this wonderful service and i would recommend it to anybody that's finding themselves in this kind of situation um, it's called wave w-a-v-e and it stands for women against violence everywhere and once you get yourself sorted out and the red flags are, are written down and you get it and you understand the cycle of abuse and that kind of thing, I recommend stage two, which is called PAV, which is parenting after violence, because your kids have been exposed to this and you need to help them work through some of what they've seen, heard, felt, but also it helps you get back on track as a family unit now without that abusive person living in the household anymore. And so I strongly recommend that and fast forward, you know, a couple more years and I thought I'm ready, you know, to share my life with somebody again. I'm good now. My kids are good. And I signed up for eHarmony and, um, for the longest time the running joke was since I spent $250 to sign up for the whole year. I thought both feet, I'm jumping in, I'm trying this, if it sucks after one year. Well, then I can say I've tried. And, um, my husband at, um, he signed in on a free weekend and then paid an extra 25 bucks just to keep talking to me for the next few weeks. So for the longest time the running joke was I had more invested in the relationship (laughs) because I had 250 bucks, he had 25 Um, until he bought my engagement ring and then the tables turned as far as the investment commitment. But, um, um, you know, at the time you figure when we got together, my kids were 12 and 14 and for a man that had no kids, Hadn't ever even left home. That was a lot to take on.
0: Right. Um, so, okay. God bless him oh, for that <laughs> as far as uh, Brett being patient. Um, All right. I, I just wanted to give a shout out here to Gabe. Gabe's with us this evening. How are you doing, Gabe? And that's funny that you said that because I didn't realize just how much we had it in common because I met my husband off Zeus. Now, I had tried eHarmony, I had tried Christian Mingle, I had tried everything. Apparently Gabe, yes. <laughs> and I met mine on Zeus and I said, okay, because I had already been on every dating site known to man and I was not getting anywhere fast. I said, okay, I'm signing up for three months. And if the right person's on there, God, then I'll find him. If not, that's fine. I met my husband for within the first week of being on there, I got off. I I knew that he was the one or I didn't want to talk to anybody else anyway. So I got off. Um, and yeah, it's, he's, he's smart though. He asked for my phone number. I kept on texting me instead of paying for the service. <laughs> well, see, that's the
1: funny thing. Um, this is so funny because you're going to laugh because yes, I connected with Brett um, within three days of joining eHarmony and I ended up putting my account on hold. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, when you meet somebody... And, you know, I was, I was scared. I mean, I had two kids and a business based on children, way too many pedophiles and whack jobs out there to know where I lived. So we met, you know, at the restaurant kind of thing for our first date, you know, and it was, and it was, even then it wasn't going to be for dinner. It was going to be for cocktails because uh, how many of us have had an awkward date where we've met someone for dinner and we cannot wait for the check, please, to just have the evening end. So We, um, met for drinks with the idea that if drinks went well, we would stay then for dinner. Well, that night, um, we not only had drinks obviously and dinner, but then we went to another bar where I got up and sang karaoke because I used to be a karaoke jockey. And so here he is going, okay, wow. This woman's pretty confident. Um, no, can, you know, get up in front of a room um, and she can sing. This is pretty cool. Right. So, um, and because I, I, just felt this connection, um, I ended up, you know, letting him drive me home, but, um, only to my front porch, but I, I gotta say, Dorothy, when the chemistry is there, um, and someone can kiss you for a half an hour and just melt you out of your toes, you know, kind of thing, out of your shoes, um, that is something really significant. And, um, so, and, uh, now we've been, it'll be, gosh, we've been now together 14 years, And we will be married for 10 of those come the 15th of this month.
0: So see Gabe, it works. 14 years for Catherine and her husband. And Joe and I have been together four and a half years. We'll be married two years on October 26th. It works. It does work.
1: (laughs) And and I mean, you know, it was, uh, you know, so obviously he, when we got married, my girls were 16 and 18. And, uh, you know, one was going off to college and and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, he has seen me through with uh, when we moved to Scarborough. And I knew that that was the plan because I wanted to be closer to downtown Toronto so that I could pursue administrative office management positions. I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I knew that Toronto was where the opportunities were, not in Durham region. So um, that's why we moved that way. And eventually I did get my break. I did get to be that executive assistant to that fortune 500 CEO, um, helping him and three other directories uh, directors run the company um, was the office manager of 50 employees. I said, I wore so many hats. I'm amazed my hair not flat or i at bald at that, at that company. Um, but it was amazing that they were so open-minded and so giving that they didn't put me in an, in an EA box is what I call it. Like they took a look at my marketing background and my customer service background. And they were like, you can help us. And I ended up helping to do a rebrand and completely reconfiguring our welcome packages more in line with what their purpose was and who their niche market customer was. Um, and, um, most executive assistants don't get to do that kind of thing. Um, so, and, um, People, they look at my LinkedIn and they go, gosh, you know, you just jump around a lot. You just can't seem to keep a job. I said, no, that's not the case. Um, I'm a victim of unfortunate circumstances, but I refuse to be the victim. That's that's the big thing. So right. just when you think you've got life by the horns and things are going great. Um, and I loved my job at, at you know, at where I was. Um, we got word that we were being sold. We were being bought out you know, we were merging and being acquired by another company. So I played one of nine people, a very key role in that merger and acquisition. Cause I was the one that had their AP and all their vendors and stakeholders and everything else all mapped out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, when I got my walking papers and for anybody that's an executive out there, it was the very first time that I'd ever heard being let go without cause due to reconstruction. I'm thinking, did I do something? Did I say something? They were like, The COO said, no, no, no. We would not have been able to do half of what we've done in 30 days without you, you know what I mean? So, well, that's great except for the fact that they already had an executive assistant office manager. So Uh that was me. And I'll be honest, I had my pity party and my cry on the go train on the way home. I was living in Ajax at the time. Um, And um, because, and and I, I didn't say this, you want to talk about overcoming when we had to sell the house, when we had to do that consolidated proposal, and we moved to Scarborough, I'd also just been told that my youngest daughter was dropping out of college because she was pregnant. And I'm just like, the hits just keep on coming. <laughs>
0: so, um, and um, so I actually developed I thought I was the only one this happened to, but apparently no. not. See, no. this is why we share our story because now we feel alone over here in the corner when the lightning keeps hitting us, but that's not the case. No, nope. and
1: because now and I attribute this and I, I tell Lindsay she's partially to blame for my migraine condition. Um, so I said that with us having to sell our house, do our proposal, she's pregnant, moving to Peterborough, um, you know what I mean? You know, to be with the, with the boyfriend and everything else, I thought, oh my God, I just couldn't take it. And I was getting headache after headache, full blown migraines, could barely see. Um, and, um, so I ended up, and this was actually before my EA job, I ended up being hospitalized, um, because we thought I had a stroke because I was actually completely paralyzed on my right side. And after nine days in the hospital, they finally figured out that I had this condition called atypical migraine, but there's nothing typical about it. It's got all the signs and symptoms of a stroke and how they knew it wasn't a stroke was there was no black mark on my brain from the MRI, you know, in the CAT scan. So I had to go through six months of rehabilitative therapy to build up the strength back in my right arm and my right leg, and I'm right-handed. Um, and so that was a lot to get up and keep going, you know what I mean? And, and build up that strength again and keep pursuing the dream of, I want to be an EA or office manager. That's what I'm going to do. And so when I landed that job with master log, I was just absolutely thrilled. Um, so happy. And, um, and then to be put on a go train home crying, you know, you're out of a job, but I've never been on EI and I didn't want to start then. So as soon as I got home, and this is something for all you job seekers out there, if you're not on LinkedIn, get on LinkedIn and start connecting and you can start with me. I have 8,000 on my connections, lots of recruiters and HR professionals. So I started messaging every single one, every single HR professional and recruiter saying, hi, we haven't talked in a while. Here's what happened to me today. I just let go without cause. So here's what I'm looking for. If you or any of your colleagues are looking for someone um, with my attributes, if you could let me know, I'm happy to give you an updated resume. And of course, I immediately changed my tagline to immediately seeking position as <laughs> administrator, office manager, executive assistant, you know, and. Um, and when I was done, Dorothy, my whole first round of connections, because then I maybe only had about 1,500, maybe 2,000 people connected at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I then went to my second connections and I started inviting them to connect. And as soon as they would say yes, which, of course, they're going to see my tagline that I'm a job seeker and that's why I want to connect with them. As soon as they said yes, it was, hi, thanks for connecting. Here's what happened to me today. It, it was copy, paste, copy, paste, <laughs> copy, paste. Just change the name. Right. And you know, right, what's, right. You know what's killer? is on that very first day of me losing my job, I connected with someone from my second circle who ended up calling me about two and a half, three hours after we connected, saying, you're not gonna believe this. I just got a call from a client and I think you'd be perfect for the job. And him and I talked the very next day in the morning, did like a phone interview screening kind of thing. He felt comfortable to put me through. And suddenly I have a phone interview the very next day after that with the interim executive director of the national nursing assessment service for all of Canada.
0: Wow. Uh, And Gabe wants to connect with you. Okay.
1: (laughs) So Raquel and I were like two peas in a pod. Um, We finished each other sentences. Even during my interview, it was like talking to an old friend and I started one week later. And meanwhile, I was still getting my severance from my other job. So I guess that's called double pokey when you start one job and you still got your severance from another. Because literally two weeks later after I was let go, I was had my new job. And by the way, boys and girls, $10,000 more than what I was making at my last job. So um, which was amazing. And I loved it. And I learned so much Because now you're learning about, not just, I already had the C-suite stuff. Now I'm learning about governance and board structures and subcommittees and um, strategic planning, because we were changing from the old governance carver model to a new progressive style. And I had organized fundraisers and events for like Cancer Society, Skids Canada, you know, and other, you know, big wigs like that over the years, um, different PR events, but I had never done a conference with 150 to 180 people um, flying them all in, trying to source out hotels and AV equipment and food and you name it. I mean, and these w- women had so many dietary restrictions. I had to have a color coded Excel spreadsheet, you know, purple for, oh pescat- purple for pescatarian, green for vegetarian jeepers. And how can you have Italian food, Dorothy, with an onion and garlic in it? I'd like to know. Okay. <laughs> I, just, I just love at like, everybody's like, what? You know? Honestly, Um, but (laughs) it was a blast. And, um, you know, I started there in May of 2017. And come um, February of 2018, my boss was let go. And here I am in the middle of a conference, and I had to step in her shoes with the board and all these uh, and the and the governance coach and the strategic planning coach and everything else um and even corral them all into cabs for our off-site dinner um, and everything so suddenly i'm having to overcome um this huge challenge of going from just being the ea to the ed of suddenly stepping into the ed's shoes and having to now allocate okay communications now you're taking minutes for me you know and you're taking my part of my job so i've got her job so um and board said i did a great job didn't even break a sweat so um but um and i stayed on there and then suddenly when the new ed was announced and i know that others can relate to this you find out you're losing your job how many of you have actually just sat there and cried You know, Uh um, I was in the midst of doing the minutes to the AGM, our annual general meeting, when the board announced that the Toronto office was closing, the new executive director was in BC, and that's where the headquarters were going to be now. So that's how I was told I wasn't having my contract renewed. (laughs) Um, And um, I had been offered um, a contract with um, someone that had an MBA from Queens, smart guy, but wanted to start a nonprofit because so he was doing something pro bono in Ottawa, but he wanted it on a national scale, but had no idea about the nonprofit side of things. So I worked with him for six months to get his organization up and off the ground. And um at uh but I mean when you're bootstrapping it using your RRSPs, you know, like eventually he ran out of money and took it over. And so there I am on the unemployment line again. Um, and a couple of months later, finally found something. I was the director's executive sales and events director for the edge, which is a leaders magazine. And, um, so I was helping with PR events for them and helping with sales training and, um, as well as doing sales myself and acquiring large companies that would take out ads then in the magazine. And, but I mean, let's be honest, digital is the way to go. Print is dying. So they were in financial difficulty and ended up laying me and half the staff off. So Mm -hmm. there I am, you know, searching the unemployment line again, having to dust myself off, pick myself back up and, you know, did a couple of teppy, you know, EA jobs in the fall of 2019 and then lost my job basically like two months in. It wasn't a good fit personality wise. We knew that from the beginning, but we thought what the hell give it a try anyway. Um, And uh, and sometimes that's just the case, you know, you're you're just uh, we're still friends. We're still inserted in Instagram. And I got to be honest with you. She's the one that told me she felt I should open up my own business that I could help. She said, you're so knowledgeable. I feel that you could help so many different types of business owners in so many different areas like you have me. Um, And um, she said, I really think that's what you need to do. So I had already committed to moving to where her office was in Ajax, and now I find myself moving again and having no job. (laughs) And uh, so as I'm applying to EA positions and office manager positions and everything, in March of 2020, of course, that's when the pandemic hit and we're all in lockdown and everybody is not hiring anymore. Hiring freezes. Sorry, we're not hiring for that anymore. And I thought, okay, it's time to put my entrepreneur hat back on back from my daycare days and by Salas and, and undercover wear and everything else I've all, over the years been involved in and um, let's service some small business owners that can't afford that 50 or $60,000 assistant, you know, and, and that help every year. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I've been doing ever since and showing people that in their business, it's not good for them to even try and wear all the hats.
0: Right. And if, if, you've been listening to Catherine's story. Okay. So there's three things that keep coming to mind. Perseverance. Like if, if you don't have a job and you didn't, and you have a LinkedIn profile, there should be no reason why, especially right now when everybody and their brother is hiring, that you don't have a job, you just are not applying yourself. Number one is what is what I'm hearing. Number two, definitely networking is key. uh, You know, because that's how you were able to get so many so many different positions and for employers that look at your resume and and think okay well this person's jumped here there and everywhere there are reasons and you should never just uh assume anything um because you know i too have you know i've been in bookkeeping for 20 some odd years but different circumstances have led me like Meeting my husband, I left two of my part-time jobs to follow my husband. So yeah, within a span of a little bit of time, I I had changed jobs. But there's always reasons for that, right? So I think employers, I think employers should definitely take a look at that. Now I know, um, uh, I've been in some, not arguments but debates with some. Uh, people higher up in the companies and, and, well, you know, that just doesn't look good. Well, you should really get to learn to know your people because you could be giving up one of the best people that would, that is more suited for you than somebody with all the credentials, but has like, I don't know, what's the word I'm trying to looking for? The personality of a break. (laughs) You know, (laughs) and, and
1: not only that, I mean, um, And for those of you that went, well, good for her. You know, she started a business. Well, here's the thing. Starting a business isn't easy. And you find yourself, especially when you don't have clients, which means you don't have an income, you, it takes a lot of perseverance. It takes a lot of trust. And obviously my husband had to trust me that this was going to, this is going to work. And You know it it took us running up our credit cards it was using credit to pay for hydro to pay for groceries to pay for our cell phones and everything while i tried to build this business and when we still didn't have really much clients by september after starting in march he said to me honey i know you're going to be able to do this but is there any way that you can potentially work for someone else even remotely just for a little while while you're building up the business so that we have an income because our credit cards are are ready to crack you know and so i did that and that's what led me to again that executive assistant role to a very large they were one of the top five private lenders in the country um, for cmi mortgage investments and i was there for six months as the right hand to their coo and executive vice president And then they switched me into more of an HR coordinator role because the company was expanding exponentially and they couldn't keep up and they needed someone. And I had that, um, knowing how to post indeed and LinkedIn ads already knowing how to pre-screen how to do that first round interview, um, and how to um, be that bridge between the potential new employee and the onboarding, you know, of that new employee, um, for the, for the greater good of the company. And I did that for just shy of six months and ended up hiring myself out of a job because they ended up hiring a full-time HR manager that had the one thing that I didn't, which was her CHRP certification. And, um, you know, we, we weren't getting along. We were, she was only there three weeks and, um, suddenly I got walking papers, but you know what? Again, I did not hit the employment line. Instead I went to four selling on the spot marketplace events in two weeks, with a killer offer of $99 off any package and signed nine clients. So it was, um, it was just like a, this is my kick in the butt to get this business really going cause I don't have a choice cause that paycheck's not coming anymore. You know? So I dusted myself off from CMI letting me go and, and thought, okay, let's go um and uh it was so crazy busy over the summer that i didn't even able to get my vacation um <laughs> we a family cottage um so that i could still work weekends at the cottage but at least i had a lake view you know while i'm working um you know and my vacation of 10 days i think i went swimming twice and do an afternoon matinee once Um, during my vacation um, vacation don't ask my husband about it he gets really green and angry um, because he just looked at me and went we could have stayed in Scarborough I could have (laughs) worked because we didn't really have time to do anything together um, because I was so busy but I was blessed that my clients needed me and I was able to help them and now we've been able to grow this amazing team of joint venture partners and be like this umbrella of um, like a one-stop shop for business owners. So, um, you know, when I started, I thought "I I need all my social pages. Well, I know how to build those. So I built all those. I need a website. Well, I had done GoDaddy site one, two, three, and years ago, Yahoo site builder for my daycare. So I felt pretty confident, you know, that I could build the website um i even figured out woofoo to build a custom a-frame and zapier to get all the apps talk to each other on the back end right so it felt pretty good felt pretty good i didn't know this wordpress thing but it couldn't be that hard right okay many glasses of wine later and many tears later and me smashing my head off a keyboard i thought i can't do this what a waste of time 10 hours of myself literally crying and drinking and you know like just banging my head off a keyboard So I got my best friend of 30 years to build my website for me. She used to work for TD bank and their internet systems to keep them online. So I figured she can keep me online. And I offered her an 80, 20 split of anybody that wants their websites done. She said, yeah, go for it. So she was my first partner. Um, You'd think my husband would be, but no. Um, My second second acquisition was my youngest daughter, Lindsay. Um, She's the one who always was an artistic kid. Um, She graduated from high school with a visual arts diploma, not just her OSSD. And it didn't matter for that kid whether you give her mud, charcoal, paint, flowers, cakes, she does it all. Uh, Look at my wedding album, see all the centerpieces and the pubos and everything. Lindsay did them. (laughs) And um, So now she's our Canva whiz kid. So she designed our logo, all of our banners, and she does all of our graphics now for all of our clients for their social media. And then I asked my husband if he would join the team because Brett has 15 years of advertising and marketing experience um, for McLaren McCann and Ben Simon Byrne doing all of their um, big campaigns for Coca-Cola and Hyundai, Maybelline and Bank of America. So I figured he's definitely qualified to help small business owners with their marketing needs and strategies. Um, But thanks to selling on the spot marketplace, we've actually now added... Um, seven other people to the team that I now have someone that's a podcasting coach, i have a digital strategist, I have somebody that does computer support, you can actually wire in and fix your laptop. Um, uh, I've, got, I've got another web designer, I've got somebody that writes blogs, I've got someone that creates videos um, for amazing content. And I'm just so happy to have met these people um, you know, I've got one that does funnels and marketing pages. She says Mailchimp and Infusionsoft is her jam. I said, let her have it, girl, because I'm not. I'm not that kind of VA. Um, so it's just amazing this camaraderie now of this team that we've built, so that people can stop wearing all the hats in their business. Because if they're honest with themselves not all hats look good on you not all of them do you want to wear and there are some we really find ugly we'd rather just shove in the back of a closet somewhere and you know shut the door and just bury it so um that's uh that's that's what we set out to do
0: and that is so amazing because like you said there are several things in my business that i'm like oh my gosh i i don't know how to do this i hate doing it and that's why people like you are in business And, uh, you know, to pick those things up. Tell us more about the selling on the spot. Um,
1: I actually um, I thought this was um, I don't know how many of you have experienced this that have, have your own business, that when you go into a networking event, it's just about networking, it's schmoozing, it's hobnobbing, it's exchanging of business cards and smiles or digital cards and stuff like that. Right. Um, and maybe you connect with someone that might remember you and then hopefully remember your name and your link and give you that referral, maybe, right? But God forbid you actually try and do business in any of these networking groups, you get booted. Take it from me. I've been booted from a few groups now because dared that I, you know, actually did uh try to do any business. So when I was invited to selling on the spot marketplace. I thought this is interesting. I get two minutes to talk about my business. I'd been invited to a couple and BNI meetings when I was with the edge a leaders magazine. So I already knew how to do the 62nd elevator elevator pitch. So it's SOTSM you get two minutes. So I thought, okay, so, um, I'm just going to go network. Well, what I love about it is it's not just networking it's selling because you're making an offer right there on the spot to the rest of the business owners that are there. So for me, I said, well, I'm offering a free 30-minute consultation and $99 off any package. Give me a hashtag CL exec in the chat and let's chat, you know. So um, it was great because you're networking and you're still building that know, like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. But... In my case, because I'm a service-based business, I can offer a free consult, I can offer a discount on my services, right? But other people that even sell things like Tupperware, lashes, you know, Color Street Nails, they're coming to these as well, and they can make deals right on the spot. Like people are saying yes to those offers, and those people are sending e-transfers and PayPal requests later. You make money on the spot. You know, people are making bookings on the spot. Um and so I loved it so much and it was such a success for me for my business, you know, um, that I became a licensee. I actually bought a franchise, uh, bought a license to do it. So that's why I personally facilitate um selling on the spot marketplace events. So my next one's coming up on Tuesday, uh, the twenty sixth of this month, uh, from six thirty to eight thirty PM EST so um yeah um it's it's a lot of fun and of course i love sponsoring so even though i love facilitating these events and everybody has said um even jane war who's our ceo and founder said that she calls me the comic relief um, selling on the spot licensee because I'm always the one that's cracking jokes. Um, she said some of our events she thinks she's gonna have to censor, but she is compiling a bro- blooper reel, and I'm sure I'll be a lot on that blooper reel. Um, but I said I take business very seriously, but there are some circumstances that you can still have a little fun while you're doing it. And um So I find that a lot of business owners want to gravitate to coming to my events, but I love sponsoring events. So for other licensees, because then you get three minutes, you get to share your screen, and um, you also get a complimentary ticket that you can gift to someone else that's never been to one. So it costs a little more, but you get a little more and you get more social media shutouts and that kind of thing before and after that make it worthwhile to be a sponsor. And so, wow. even now, even now, I still love sponsoring for my fellow licensees and being able to zip through my PowerPoint in two and a half minutes <laughs> before taking thirty seconds to do my ask. And I've generated a lot of business from those
0: events. Definitely something you that everybody listening that's in business wants to get a hold of. I I know I I haven't been to one yet. I've been I've been uh, off, what's invited, but then my world kind of crashed for a month and now I'm back starting slowly to get back into the swing of things. So uh, I definitely, the 26th is my anniversary. (laughs) All right.
1: Maybe the next one in November then.
0: Maybe I'm like, it has to be the 26th, right? Like everything is falls on a day that, uh, oh well. Yeah. I don't know. I know we're, I don't know. My husband wants to go to Montreal for our anniversary. I'm like, I don't
1: know about that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, the, um, no, as, as I said, I've met amazing business owners. I've made a lot of connections. I've made these JV partnerships with other small business owners that, you know, we're, we're helping each other grow our businesses. So where they mention me, I mentioned them. They're on my PowerPoint. They're up on my website. You know what I mean? So people have access to them, to their LinkedIn profiles and that kind of thing. Um, And it's really, you know, just another community. And the cool part is that after you go to one of these events, you're then invited to become a member of our private Facebook community. Now we've got over 2000 business owners in there and we are global. So we've got licensees in Canada, the U S India, Denmark, and Iceland. Wow. So Um, if anybody is interested in cracking into the European markets or anything like that, we've definitely got events that are happening from all over. Um, we just say, if you're actually shipping goods, then just mind the border, you know, like any issues and costing and that kind of thing. But, um, if you're offering services like mine, I'm open to all, you know, so, um, you know, we're able to accommodate anybody, no matter where you live in your time zone. But, um, it's fantastic that, um, And it's through SOTSM that I actually got to meet Forbes Riley, um, who is the queen of pitch. That woman has sold a couple billion dollars in front of a camera um, for anybody that's used to watching any home shopping networks or any kind of thing like that. She's very well known. And it's because of her that I got the opportunity to be a co-author in the One Habit book. Wow! And well, that's that's her picture on the back of that. That's that's Forbes Riley. And so I actually did um, an amazing media training that was offered through selling on the spot marketplace where Forbes has actually joined forces with Jane of SOTSM. And I did this amazing life-changing media course with them that I, you know, had some breakthroughs of some things that were really holding me back personally that no matter what you what you might think, your personality really does affect your business. You know, you are your business. Everybody says I'm the face of CL Executive, um, and um, when you've got stuff holding you back, you know your feet are in cement somewhere and you can't move forward. They really helped me get past that, and then be much more comfortable to show up and in front of a camera talk to my talk to my potential customers to build up that know, like, and trust factor. And a lot of people are scared to death about getting in front of a camera. And um, I just found it to be life-changing on both a personal and a business level and definitely worth the time, effort, and money to do it. Um, it was amazing working with her. And I'm very thankful that, you know, because of her, you know, I got to write in this book and, um, and we went international bestseller in five countries. So uh, top 10 on Amazon in Canada, the US, the UK, Mexico, and Australia. And yes, so that was very exciting. And so if you are a business owner and you're wondering how in the world you're going to get past this in the pandemic and you want some tips, um, it's called One Habit to Thrive in a Post-COVID World. And um, we actually just lost the other co-author, Steve Sambley, just last month to COVID-19. And um, which was heartbreaking for all of us who he was a big part of us being to be you know published and um just really sad and we don't know what's going to now happen with the other one habit books that were that were in the queue um because he'd asked me to write another one um so i'm page 80 i'm chapter 88 um and the affirmations were about my mother and about not giving up um so yeah and uh so i'm looking forward now to the next chapter i probably writing my own um, I have a couple of them that I've started um, sketching out. So um, because I think that there's a lot of people out there that um, can relate to just so much that has happened. You know, we only just touched on you know some some of the chapters, some of the high points. but um, as I said, there's so many people that have dealt with, loss with alcoholism with premarital sex with rape with drugs with abuse you know and um I can say that I've pretty much run the gauntlet um of it all and feel like I've definitely come out on the other side um faith has a huge one to do with that um you know um the other thing I was made fun of in high school for you know 17 I'm a Sunday school teacher too bad you know um but uh
0: and the one person not that shouldn't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh no, it was it's, it's very important to me. It's not something I rammed in anybody's throat. It's not something that I, you know, widely publicize. Um I think that everybody is, is entitled to believe in in what they feel is right for them. Um, you know, for me this is it. Um
0: I'm 100% agree with you on that. And that's why everything that I do is based with faith and courage. And Catherine, you are definitely an unstoppable overcomer for sure. I, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story and what an amazing story it's been. And I'm so blessed to have gotten to know you and re to some of your stories that we had talked about before, because I truly, uh, Don't know where my other notes are from the other meeting, but I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, you're you're definitely an amazing person, and if you don't know Catherine, definitely connect with her on LinkedIn. Um, She's also on Facebook as well, and in the show notes is where you can. I also put her um, website as well in the show notes. So definitely, if you don't know her, connect with her. She's an amazing woman. Definitely, um, you know, if you need one of those hats. That you're tired of wearing in your business, connect her. <laughs> yes. Many hats. The many hats. She has yes. this whole program that it's absolutely amazing. But we're all like we're over time, but that's okay. But you, you really gotta listen to her presentation. Okay. Uh, do you want to do the presentation? I can do it. I'll do it. All right.
1: I right. will do it. Okay. It's a
0: great presentation.
1: Okay, guys. So you're a business owner. You get up in the morning. And we all do this. You grab your cup of coffee, you grab your cell phone, and you scroll through Facebook. Some of us don't even need the coffee. Our feet haven't even hit the floor. We're still in bed, and we're scrolling through Facebook. So you're scrolling. You come across a post in one of your many networking groups, and you say, okay, this connects with me. This resonates. I'm going to partake of this and leave a comment and engage. So you're going to put your engagement hat on. So as you're going through this and you're leaving your little commentary, you're thinking to yourself, my God, when was the last time that I actually did any marketing for my business? So now you decide then that you're going to um, come up with your own post. So you're going to be putting now your social media hat on. Now, the problem with this is that as you're really working through this, you're realizing you've got gold here. These are nuggets of opportunity and you actually want to, Um, put this now as an advertisement. You're going to sponsor this post. So now though, you're going to have a little problem because you're going to have to put your accounting hat on because you're going to have that receipt to deal with. And as the inquiries start coming in and people are messaging you and they're emailing you and they're calling you and your phone is ringing off the hook, your email is going nuts. You're going to have to put your administration hat on and you're also going to have to now put your customer service hat on because you're fielding all these questions, you're booking into your calendar and you're fielding all these calls. And really what you wanted to focus on was your CEO hat. So here you are with all these hats piled on top of your head. You've got all these people coming out of the woodwork and you get busy. Well, now you realize, wait a minute, I need to hire somebody. So now you better put your HR hat on. So and and I've run out of hats because I'm sure that person's going to want to be paid. So now you better add payroll to that. And the problem is is that with you sitting with all these hats on your head they eventually start to teeter and they start to fall and these are the pitfalls in your business so what you need to do is just figure out your ceo hat and wear that one best and outsource the rest and come talk to me i love that. <laughs>
0: So, if you need any of those hats, connect with Catherine. She's an amazing woman. You won't be disappointed. Uh, thank you to everybody that has watched tonight. And Catherine, is there any one last final thought that you'd like to leave with our uh, amazing audience tonight?
1: Believe in yourself. Because without it, no one else will. Um, we, uh, we like to play the blame game about our lives and play the victim in our lives but really you've only got one life and it's yours so don't let outside forces outside intimidators outside pressures um wear you down you believe in you and you can get up and dust yourself off and keep going forward and logic will get you from a to b imagination will get you anywhere so just believe in yourself and just keep moving forward.
0: I love that. And if you don't believe in you, we believe in you. So keep going. Get back up and keep going. So, everybody have a great night, and we'll see you next week is uh, Thanksgiving Monday So for us here in Canada. So I will put up a link where you can get uh, go back to uh, another amazing episode, uh, but I'm spending it with my family, so we'll be reconnect back on the 18th. Yes, normally I would have just gone ahead and did it, but um, I'm re-coming back to when I say families first, I'm meaning families first, and I'm putting my family first, so that's that's what we're doing. So with that, have an amazing Monday night, and uh, see you all on the 18th. Bye for now.